All right. Hello and welcome to Data Endures August Tech Talk. I am Kirsten Burke and as always I'm joined by Data Endures CTO and CISO Shaheen Peruz. Hello Shaheen. Hi everyone. Hello, hello. Um, we're delighted to be here with you today and uh, after overwhelming response from a lot of folks that uh, we've been talking to and that heard our last tech talk around our four FECTA concepts. Um, we've decided to continue to drill down a little bit into each of the segments of the four FECTA. Um, if 2020 has shown us anything, it is the need for all of us to take a closer and longer look at our security posture. Uh, to take a look at um, the implications of what this dynamic environment we're in today, um, what they're doing or possibly doing to the security of our organization and of our data. And this four factor really seems to have struck a chord. Um, Shaheen, why don't you just real quickly um, walk through what we mean when we say four factor before we dive into our first module, if you will. So these words keep going through my head, so I'm going to apologize in advance, but I am a security boy living in a distributed world. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the four FECTA for us is all about layered security. So uh, it's it's really, we started to see a shift to more distributed uh, work from home environments long before COVID. So it's been, you know, good five years in the building where corporations are trying to create um, common uh, hoteling type workstations where people can come in and sit in the office, but generally speaking, there's no fixed cubicles. We saw massive organizations do that, like Cisco and Facebook and others. And so the world started to become more and more distributed. And so we started thinking about how do we secure a distrib distributed ecosystem where we've got people working in Starbucks and hotels and homes and the uh, the reality was it was only usually about 25 to 30 percent of our workforce that was in this distributed state. Then we had a pandemic and we went from 20 to 30 to 50 percent of our people being remote to 100 percent of our people being remote. And we've always said that the edge keeps going further and further out. And right now there is no edge. The edge is 100 percent distributed. So prior to COVID, we had this notion of a trifecta, which was a three-layer security model, which started with DNS as the first layer, so blocking known bad URLs so that users, if they make the mistake of clicking on a phishing attempt, that it doesn't the, the click doesn't get them to the bad site. Or if they click on a link that downloads malware, let's not let them get there. The next layer was your endpoint security and protecting your endpoints from if the user ended up getting a malicious piece of software on their machine to prevent that malicious software from doing any damage. And then the last layer of our trifecta was the security operations center where it is your final line of defense if something gets through and, and the behavior is happening on your network between the combination of vulnerability assessment and integrating that with behavior analysis and network traffic analysis, and then uh, core, in addition to all that data, correlating your logs from all your systems and routers and firewalls, we would be able to identify in seconds or minutes a malicious actor inside of your network and be able to 
guide you to stopping that user from causing problems or that software from causing problems. That trifecta worked great when we were 20 or 30% of our people working remote. And then again, COVID happened. We're in the middle of a pandemic and pandemic response had us go to a um, shelter in place where everybody's working from their home. Now, We no, not only do we no longer have an edge that we control, we're relying on home-based firewalls and Wi-Fi and the security has just gone out the door. Mm-hmm. So um, the control security has gone out the door and we rely on the user's ability to select the right tool for their home to protect their environment and therefore by extension protect our environment. So the fourfecta came into play, which was we need to do more than simply do security awareness training for users. We need to uh, and educate them on what phishing attempts not to click on. We need to prevent the phishing from ever getting to the user to begin with. So the fourth element, or the now the first layer of security that we talk about in the fourfecta, is our advanced phishing protection, which for Office 365 prevents the emails that are malicious or phishing content or our spoofing email addresses or any of those things from ever getting to the user so that they don't have something to click on. The security awareness doesn't go away. It's important to still train our people and make sure they understand if something does get through. And if something does, that now the second layer is that EDR uh, uh, layer, which is not only do we need to identify malicious behavior on the endpoint, but we need to stop it and if something does happen, be able to recover from it quickly. The third layer, um, I skipped a layer. That's the third layer. <laughs> the second layer is DNS. So if the phishing link gets through, let's prevent the user from, when they click on it, going to a bad site. And then and then the third layer being the EDR I just described. And then finally, the SOC is still your last line of defense, which is if all controls fail, you still need to be able to look on, on your network and see if there is a bad actor crawling around inside your network. And inside your network um, has extended to people's homes now. Mm-hmm. So inside your network is, you know, today it's not Starbucks. It used to be prior to the pandemic. Now it's inside your homes. As you're looking at the backgrounds for Kirsten and I, you're seeing us doing this inside of our home, whereas prior to the pandemic, we had the comfort of our office. It was a nice real little room and and we were protected and safe there. Now we all are responsible for our own securities, but as a corporation, we have to be able to um, track, monitor, and identify malicious activity, not just inside of our corporate offices, but in our end users' working spaces. Right. And and so that's where the four-factor comes in. So, um you know, just looking at what California is going through this past week, um, we've talked about the pandemic. Um, we, you know, here in California have had just a crazy number of fires with evacuations and, and you know, risk for, for people and their families. Um, we've got a hurricane, you know, down in Texas and Louisiana right now. So clearly uh, things are dynamic um, and as companies work to secure um, and keep their employees protected, um, you know, their ability to put in place all of these aspects of the four factors is very important. Um, and, you know, let's say I've done everything that I need to do at my home, but now I'm evacuating to go somewhere else and anything I've done at home, does that carry with me wherever I go? 
So um, it's almost like an organization, in the words of Jerry Maguire, help us help you. Um, let, let's make sure that that user and that endpoint is secure. Um, you know, therefore, the organization and their data is secure. Um, the one uh, area that we really wanted to drill down on a little bit today was EDR. And, you know, there are so many acronyms out there, uh, you know, in technology, but even in security. Um, and there's been such an interesting evolution of security technology over the years. And I think um, some, for some people, it might be easy to confuse EDR with and the antivirus has been out there for a long time. And, you know, there are some very distinct differences. And, you know, do you want to talk to us a little bit? Um, if I've got antivirus, am I okay? Uh, do I need EDR? You know, where is it? Where and how is it that I need to be thinking about things different? Yes, absolutely. Um, I do want to, before we go into EDR, just uh, let our listeners know that today we're talking about EDR, but our goal is over the next uh three months that we're going to break down the four facta one hecta as a, at a time <laughs> or one facta at a time, whatever the, whatever the right word is there. And today we're talking about EDR. It's um, there's a lot of companies out there that uh, publish misinformation. And the reason they do that is because there is a wave that's happening for a particular category that Gartner identifies and everybody wants to jump on those coattails and say, me too, I'm one of those things, you want me. Um, and it creates a lot of misinformation and confusion. The traditional, um, when, when we look back in time, traditionally antivirus was not something we even cared about because our networks were protected, controlled, and people were sitting inside of our network and they never worked from home. We had desktops, not laptops, and um, we had the security controls to prevent anything from getting inside our network. And then we realized that's not enough because all it takes is a phishing attempt or a user going to a website and downloading a malicious piece of code. And then it spreads inside of our network. And if it infects one system, then it spread like crazy to all the systems. Um, so then antivirus became a thing. And antivirus was a great uh, boon and what antivirus does is it simply looks at definitions and signatures of files that match a particular pattern of uh, files, uh, ones and zeros, if you will, and a particular signature, which is you know how big the file is, what the executable is, but it doesn't look at behavior. It's simply looking at a signature-based model of saying this looks like that same file we saw that was bad before, therefore we're gonna quarantine it. And the concept of, of signatures was a great one when the signatures were tens and twenties, but they're in the billions of signatures today. So it, it's gotten to a point where to maintain signatures, you have to do massive updates to your end users on a regular basis and the signature files get bigger and bigger and they corrupt and the system stops working. So antivirus as it was in its original incarnations has really uh, gotten fraught with problems and errors and is not effective anymore. Furthermore, um, the hackers of today no longer are downloading files. They're, they're basically doing things with system calls that while there is a script that gets downloaded, that script doesn't necessarily match any signature from before because they can modify it and the signatures tweak, but it still does the same types of things. So uh, that uh, led to the advent of EDR, which was endpoint detection and response. It was 
It was really about changing the focus of looking at a signature to looking at a behavior and seeing that these steps are being taken that are common by hackers. And if we see this pattern of steps, not necessarily in the same order, but these types of techniques, tactics, and procedures, which the MITRE attack matrix articulates clearly on what they've seen in the world. Um, and there's, there's hundreds of tactics, techniques, and procedures that are repeatable. Then we're going to say that there's malicious activity happening. These things are not normal behavior. They're malicious by appearance, by nature. And so therefore we're going to prevent that behavior from continuing and stop it before it gets to a malicious state, stop it from spreading, quarantine the system, whatever the case may be. But it is no longer tied to a signature. There's still a lot of products out there that call themselves EDR that don't offer what I just described. Their behavioral capabilities are limited or weak. They rely on connections to cloud environments. So if the machine is offline, the EDR capability isn't functioning. Um, and they're still relying on signatures underneath the core to identify, which which is great if you download a bad file, a known bad file mm -hmm. that you happen to have a signature for. But it doesn't do anything for the behavioral side. So when we talk about EDR, we're really talking about um, that endpoint detection of behavior and then responding in an autonomous fashion to that behavior to stop it from doing anything. Um, and there's a there's a buyer beware uh, moment here to talk about. Um, we when we launched our EDR service, we did a shootout of the top uh, seven uh, combination of EDR and antivirus solutions in the world. Uh, until we selected the platform, we did, and the shootouts were heavy and hard. We we have a simulated attack approach that we take uh, to our customers that are on our SOC service that can checks the validity and efficacy of their security controls. And we we created an EDR shootout that had about 150 techniques, tactics, and procedures to attack endpoints and test the capability of these antivirus and EDR solutions. And um, we, uh, we ended up selecting a product that we OEM as our EDR as a service offering to take to market based on the ones that were in today's world, the most uh, effective and and the most responsive to do what we needed to do to secure our customers. The reason EDR is important today is what Kirsten started to talk about earlier. So you mentioned, you know, we're we're now evacuating and living on the in an open space, whether it be fairgrounds or somebody's uh, a friend's house or whatever. Even if we had implemented the best security controls on our network, they didn't go with us. So now we're on public Wi-Fi, we're on a friend's Wi-Fi, we're, we're connecting wherever we can to try to get our work done. And all of the Forfecta solutions, with the, with the exception of the SOC, which is really tied to corporate networks, are designed to be attached to the endpoint, mm -hmm. not to... So the first three layers of the Forfecta are endpoint capable, which means that it doesn't matter where you sit. Mm -hmm. You could be sitting in the public fairgrounds using... Google Wi-Fi or whatever, and you're connecting to the internet completely insecurely. And the three layers of the four factor that are ahead of the SOC service are doing what they need to do to prevent phishing attempts, to block them if they get through, block the links, and then block them if they get past the link creation to the endpoint from causing problems. 
And then all of those tools are feeding into our SOC, which effectively is now monitoring everything in a single pane of glass and knows what's happening. And, are, and we're able to see very quickly, here's the state of the world. The, the, big, the, the bigger advantage that we have is that we're not doing this for a single organization. So we don't only see this in one organization, in one set of users, in one set of circumstances. We see alerts coming from our customers across 23 countries and, and uh, six continents right now. And, uh, and so that, um, sorry, four continents. Um, the, uh, that um, view of the world lets us see when we see prevalent activity happening in one part of the world or another part of the world. And therefore our um, threat data becomes much more clear about what we're seeing. And if we see behavior now in another customer that happens to have turned into a threat someplace else, our threat data is updated immediately for all customers. And so you're getting the efficacy of something that happened um, in a different time zone ahead of the United States. And now we're able to act on it and behave like it's it's not new. It's something we've seen before. Whereas in a single organization, it's very difficult to do that because you're limited to the scope of what you see. Right, right. So we've kind of covered the difference between antivirus and EDR. And then you've kind of also stepped into the world of managed services or managed EDR and the benefits there. So, you know, for an organization who's really looking at either saying, hey, I've got antivirus and looks, you know, seems to me like it's time for an upgrade, or maybe they're trying to do something on their own, but with everything else that's going on, you know, is this really where they want to put their resources right now? Um, the whole idea of using EDR or deploying EDR as a managed service um, is more and more attractive to organizations who want to know that they've got literally that, that security team. And, you know, we talk about it as a virtual security team, but if you think about, you know, I'm out there walking around, you know, doing business wherever I do business, I, I almost have this virtual security team working for the organization, but covering all of the independent employees out there doing their thing. So you've got kind of this dual security coverage for the company, making sure um, that, that we're doing all we can to, to make that security posture as solid as possible. Absolutely. And, and one thing to, um, we do think that the most effective uh, EDR is an EDR solution that is managed 24 by seven, which is where our managed EDR comes into play. But we also recognize that there's IT organizations and security organizations out there that have built out a team that are capable, that can do this on their own, and they're just looking for the right tools. So we offer our EDR as a service in three flavors. Two of them are unmanaged, um, uh, which allows the customer to manage it themselves. But the value you get from our service is that shootout I talked about. We just, yeah. every year we're gonna do these shootouts to make sure we have the right product and if we don't, we'll swap the product at no cost to our customers under this under the scenes and be able to bring you the best in technology and you just get access to that without having to do all that heavy lifting yourself. Mm -hmm. And and so there are, like I said, three flavors where if you're looking for a tool, why not look at a tool that happens to have a research and development team that's making sure it's doing the right things. It right. has the thread data I mentioned from multiple sources as opposed to a single source and has behind it the SOC and incident response teams that can help you if something goes wrong. Right, right. Fantastic. 
Well, let me ask you this. I know we're up close to the end of, of our time. Um, you know, you and your team did this very comprehensive shootout. Uh, if I'm someone who's in the market <clears throat> or who's considering, hey, you know, seems like I might need to do something here, what are a couple of key recommendations or warnings that you would give folks based on what you saw and learned in the shootout? What are some takeaways that we can leave with our viewers? Yeah, the, um, so there's, there's two sides to the way we do our evaluations when we're selecting a product. One of them is efficacy, which is what the shootout is effectively doing. It's basically checking to see, does this tool in fact block and prevent or respond if something happens on my endpoint? Um, and, uh, and so there's, you know, that's, that's basically, um, typically normally manpower to just, you know, apply a tax at a system and see what it does. We do that in a very automated fashion with our attack, uh, simulation, um, that we leverage for our SOC customer. So we're able to do tens of thousands of attacks in rapid succession, and we're able to take the MITRE attack matrix and take the tactics, techniques, and procedures that hackers use and use those specifically to test against, uh, in addition to downloading, you know, traditional signature-based files to see what happens. So we're, we're taking the whole gamut of the feature-based efficacy of the platform, so that's one layer. The other aspects are really more um, uh, what we often ignore when we're doing this. We look at feature charts all the time, but user experience is the other factor in our uh, evaluations. How much, uh, how, what's the footprint of the endpoint solution? Is it one agent or is it 10? Um, is, is this agent able to communicate and work and function on its own and be autonomous or does it require a cloud platform to be effective? Um, and, you know, I, I hate to say it, but most of the top EDR solutions require either people to be looking at the screens and taking action or cloud-based auto autonomy, uh, which isn't autonomy, it's, it's mm -hmm. automation. Um, so autonomous action is that the agent itself has AI built into it and is able to take action if it sees something, but can leverage the benefit of threat data from the cloud if it's available. So to me, um, one of the things that we look at when we're evaluating is what is the reliance of the cloud platform on the efficacy of the tool? That's probably one of the most critical. Um, and what you'll see is of the top four EDR platforms in the world, um, three of them rely heavily on cloud in order to function. Uh, and, uh, and cloud should be an enabler. It should be an enhancer. It should not be what makes it an EDR solution. Right. Otherwise it's not endpoint anymore. It's cloud. Right. <laughs> and right. you run, you run the same non-distributed approach, um, as you had before. You need, you need your machines to be able to protect themselves regardless of whether, whether they have a Wi-Fi connection or not. Right. Great. Well, Sheen, thank you for your time. And um, again, this has been um, such a hot topic for folks that we're having conversations with out there today because they are just feeling um, feeling the pressure, feeling the angst, and um, really trying to figure out the best way to support those uh, employees on those endpoints literally all over the world. So um, this was very enlightening. Um, I always learn something new, uh, even though I work with you every day. So thank you. 
And um, please, everyone, join us next month where we are going to dive into another aspect of the four effecta. Jean, you want to queue up? Uh, which one are we going to tackle next month? So um, I think the the next most effective right now in the in the time of COVID is the uh, fishing. So fishing protection, yep. I think, is the next topic we should talk about. How do you go beyond simply training your users and using them as your defense to providing protection for your users? Perfect. All right. Well, then there's a little preview for next month. Uh, it will be the last Thursday of the month, just like we always schedule it. Um, thank you, Shaheen, for your time. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. And um, we send out uh, thoughts that you are all safe and healthy. And we will talk to you next month. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.